is that everybody has this bubble around them and it's their comfort level, right? You have this comfort bubble and it's so small at first, but every time you take a step outside of that comfort zone or that comfort bubble, your bubble gets bigger and you just keep those steps going. And now you have a brand new big bubble that you're working with. is up fellow legacy ninja welcome to the next episode of the legacy digging podcast scott brandt how often are you finding yourself stopping yourself short because of the self-directed doubt that you've created how often do you have these negative stories that have been created either by yourself or by somebody else that has pushed their limiting beliefs upon you. And that's caused you to sell yourself short and not to go after the life you truly desire and you dream of. Within this conversation on this episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down and talking with Christina Mooney, aka the Peacock Mama off of TikTok. And she shared the struggle that she dealt with having to overcome the limitations that people put on her what people thought of her the aspect of people telling her she couldn't do it and then the fact that she's been in a couple different arenas that are dominated by males and having to come in and prove herself to show that she could do the job just as just as good as anybody else and so we talked about the idea of being the person that you're meant to be, going after your passions, and then busting through those challenges that sometimes people put in front of you. So after listening to the episode, the stories, and what Christina shares in regards to her legacy that she's digging, hopefully you take the time and look and say, okay, what am I doing that sell myself short? And with those times that are coming up that I'm selling myself short, What do I need to do to overcome that, to create the legacy that I want to create, to impact the lives that I want to impact because I know I have more in me than what I'm showing up and putting out there. So enjoy the episode and we'll catch you later. All right, what is up everyone? This is Scott Brantz. I've got my host on with me, Patrick Murakami. Hey, guys. And today we have a special guest on with us, Christina Mooney. And uh, we actually met Christina through TikTok and have done some different things in regards to collaboration pieces and doing some brainstorming aspects. But with the journey that Christina has gone on and what she's looking at wanting to accomplish wanted her to come on and share her vision with the legacy piece and then as Patrick shares the whole theory crafting piece and then the last part is the gratitude piece and I find it unique because Christina is actually the first female that we've had on the podcast for real 
really? So, yes. yes. Oh, yes. no pressure. No pressure now. <laughs> so, get, a, but, get a perspective from a, uh, a woman uh, in regards to this piece here. But I know you and Ryan with what you guys are doing up in Denver with the Women's Sports Collective has been yeah. huge. And so we're just grateful that you're on here with us, joining us on the Legacy Digging podcast and joining up. Uh, I think we're looking at going and calling this community that we're building Legacy Ninjas. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> we're, we're out here silently making big waves and big moves and wanting to help people open up and see a different perspective and start considering what that end game is for them once they're not here anymore. So, Christina, uh, go ahead and you can share a little bit about yourself, um, and then we'll get into the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on here. I greatly appreciate it. This is awesome. I love this concept, period, for a, a podcast. A little bit about me. Gosh, where do I start? So my name, like you said, is Christina Mooney. I work for Cronky Sports and Entertainment. I'm the senior manager of private meetings and events. I am also a United States Army veteran. I served for eight years before I was medically discharged. They broke me, but it's good. You know, was very excited to serve uh, as long as I did. And I am a college graduate from MSU Denver, which is a great school up in Denver, Denver, Colorado gosh, what else do I do? Oh my gosh. I have so many other things. I am the vice president of Denver women's sports collective, which is a great uh, nonprofit organization that is focused on bringing women that are like-minded and strong and ambitious and working in the sports events, marketing industries up in Denver. I am on my, on my separate time. I'm a TikToker, As Patrick said, I do silly videos to keep myself entertained. And I also use my military background and military intelligence background to hunt and expose catfishes and stolen valor accounts. So uh, a lot, but yet does not <laughs> feel like enough. Oh, I'm also the co-founder of uh, Combos with the Collective with Ryan Guy. So that is, a, I think, another thing on my... Oh, and I'm also... I was the owner of Elevated Peacock Design, which is an event design business. So just a little bit of my resume. There's a little bit more, but I won't bore you. <laughs> yeah, and guys, we're going to be sure to make sure that we get all of Christina's links. Uh, so that way you can go and check it out for yourself. When you list it all out. Like I know a lot of times people tell me all the time, they're like, man, you stay busy. How do you do all of it? And for me, it's one of those things when like, if I look at my calendar and I stop and think about it, it feels really busy. But when I just do it, it's like, I don't even realize, you know, and I just keep kind of doing it. Do you feel the same way with your schedule and all the things that you're part of? Absolutely. Especially right now with the pandemic, because I've been working remotely, I've been, when I'm not doing something and I'm super busy, thankfully we are getting a bit, uh, we are gaining speed in the event industry and sports industry. So if I don't have a meeting that day, I am bored out of my mind because I'm not keeping myself busy. When I have back-to-back meetings or if I have back-to-back events, that is the most fun that I could possibly ever have. It is like, it, it is, I joke and call it like just glutton for punishment because after <laughs> a day after an event, your, your feet hurt, your back hurt, but you're like, I want more. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I love it. And it's so crazy, right? Because I know for me, I felt so on purpose for a long time 
and to know that like where I'm doing and the things that I'm doing, one gives me uh, that purpose. And I feel like that I'm able to finally be in a position to maybe help others and things like that. So, you know, obviously the podcast wants to talk about kind of your legacy. So, you know, as you're kind of look back on maybe the mountains that you've already climbed, the maybe the mountains that you're ascending now, how do you feel about where you're at and kind of walk us through maybe where you've been, where you're at and where you're going? Right. So I was thinking about this as we were talking earlier, and I was trying to think of the best way that I can explain everything that I've gone through without sounding like I'm whining or complaining or anything, (laughs) right? (laughs) But I'm not. I, everything that I went through made me into the person I am today. But I, the biggest thing that I could possibly say is I feel terrible for my son. And the reason why (laughs) is because he has no excuses to not accomplish anything that he puts his mind to, because Mm. I went through a good chunk of my life being told that I wasn't going to be able to do it. Like you can't do that because you're not strong enough. You Mm. can't do that because you're a blonde and you're not smart enough. You can't do it for X, Y, Z. And so I spent a good portion of my life really self-doubting myself because all of those toxic negative people came in and said, you can't do it. Mm. So as I was going through my life and I made the wonderful decision to marry a guy (laughs) and move to Florida, come to find out it did not work. Mm. (laughs) We move up to North Carolina and a car, a long story short, a car accident happened near my house. Somebody did, uh, it was a fatal accident. Somebody did die. The other individual actually got severe, was severely injured. And when that accident happened, I immediately snapped in and started going to work and doing whatever I could do to help. While other, no offense to any men, I know this is not a knock on any guys. Please don't take it that way. But there was three guys that were standing by this car and they did nothing. And myself and another woman were trying to stabilize this gentleman who was dying in the car. And finally the medics show up, uh, the ambulance shows up and he gets carted off. And I realized in that moment that I was not living to my fullest potential. And I was not letting myself be the person that I was meant to be. And so I ended up joining the military and I ended up surprisingly, contrary to what the old guys at the bar I used to bartend at told me, I was smart enough to get military intelligence. I'm really good at puzzles. (laughs) So I went in and I did basic training. I didn't think I was going to make it through basic training. I pulled through. For me, it was very hard because I was, my ex-husband treated me as a doormat. He walked all over me. He emotionally, mentally, physically abused me. So I went into the military already down and already beaten up. And of course, when you go through boot camp, their job is to beat you down so they can build you back up. Well, I was already beat down. They build me back up. I made it through basic training. I got that amazing experience of completing that adventure, went to AIT, successfully went through AIT. Then I went back to the bar that I used to work at where these gentlemen would tell me on a daily basis, you can't cut it. You can't make it. And they were veterans. And I I still, to this day, appreciate them because they motivated me. But the one veteran was that was there that actually said, you can do it actually passed away. So that was very sad. So I did get to see these other veterans and say, Hey, I made it. And they're like, well, good for you. That's awesome. 
And I got to shut that door and say, you know what? I proved you wrong. I did it. And I moved on, went to Korea, then got stationed over in Georgia, then moved to Buckley Air Force, moved to Aurora, started working at Buckley Air Force Base at a joint unit out here and then got pregnant because I met another guy and thought it would be a great idea to get involved with this other guy. (laughs) So got managed to get pregnant, but I was already med boarding out of the military. So got out and finally was in a position where I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I was asked by my ex-husband, well, do you want to go into the, into a three letter agency like NSA or FBI, which was an, uh, it was a path for me because of my background in the military, or do you want to go into events? And so I decided I wanted to go into events. So I went ahead and I found the meetings and events degree at MSU. And I joined that program, started going through there, got bored because I was pregnant. I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more involved and work with nonprofits and event decor because that was my jam. So I started Elevated Peacock Design because why not? A pregnant woman doing school and running a business sounds like a great idea. (laughs) And so I went ahead and started the business and it came time to give birth to my son. And of course I had to, I had to have a C-section. So it was a planned C-section. And I literally remember telling my doctor, so listen, I've got to start classes for the summer on this date. Do you think we can arrange for me to be out? Like what's the longest that I need to be recovered? And I planned out this entire thing. So literally I had my son and a week later went back to school and then raised him and finished school and then graduated. So literally my son- that's not yeah my son can literally not say i am not strong enough to go into the military or i am not strong enough to to go and go to college he literally has no excuse and the reason why i'm saying this very long story and the purpose of it is if i can do it after being told by so many people that i couldn't then what is stopping somebody else and that's what i hope i need I'm laughing over here because I don't know how many times Scott has heard me say that exact thing, right? You know, I think I shared with you briefly, you know, my story going from suicide, depression, suicidal to business owner, right? And that's the short version of it. But I always tell people, I'm not really doing anything that hasn't been done before. I'm just maybe doing it with more purpose, right? And that's my version of it. In my mind, I'm doing a little bit more purpose But for other people, they're not necessarily, I mean, it's not, they're not new concepts, right? And it's kind of hard to find new concepts in today's world, in the digital age, things like that. So I don't know how many times I've told Scott, like, I'm not doing anything completely different, but there's no reason why if I can't make a 180, why somebody who's basically has either more knowledge or, uh, you know, grew up with maybe more tools, more wealth, I mean, for them to be able to do it. And so life is really crazy because you just never know where people are coming from, but you also don't know what they're capable of, right? A lot of us don't know what we're capable of. So I love the fact, uh, and and really we could go and unpack so many of those things that you (laughs) talked about, right? There was a lot in there. No, no, it was, it was a beautiful thing because, uh, I mean, that's really what our legacies are, right? It's not where you started, but how you finish, right? Right. And so to kind of see all those things that you went through to be able to get to where you are, but then now it's also passing on to the next generation, right? right? So I love 
the story. I love uh, the impact and real and realizing that it's not just you that you're impacting now. It's future generations. It's your son, your family. Right. Well, you know? and, and my other hope with my son is that you know there's still a lot of disconnect between with for women, right? There's still a struggle that we have to deal with, and and Denver Women's Sports Collective. Uh, really works to try to break that glass ceiling. We focus on breaking that glass ceiling because the glass ceiling's there regardless of whether we want it to or not. And if I can show my son that his mom can go into the military, can own a business, can run an, an association, can complete college, can do this amazing career in sports, then any woman can. There shouldn't be a sex, a, a, a sex orient limit there shouldn't be a race limit there shouldn't be any limit and so i hope that he can take that information and grow from it one of the things that i've learned from my experiences that i'm very excited to share with people and and i'm excited to share with my son is that everybody has this bubble around them and it's their comfort level right you have this comfort bubble and it's so small at first, but every time you take a step outside of that comfort zone or that comfort bubble, your bubble gets bigger and you just keep those steps going. And now you have a brand new big bubble that you're working with. And you realize, you realize that not only what you're capable of, but how much you can actually endure And you just can soak that in and believe more in yourself and gain more confidence. There was so many points in my life where I said, I can't do this because I've reached my limit. I'm at the break of the bubble. My bubble's going to pop and I'm going to have a nervous breakdown and end in the hospital. It is just going to be horrible. And you just take that one more step and you have a brand new bubble and you're very surprised of yourself because of what you've been able to accomplish and not enough people realize that. And I hope that any listeners listening to this, soak that up and take that in out of everything I say on this podcast, please take that. Why don't you just mic drop the show here? <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, you just really could be sitting here in, in, uh, in my chair, um, really to be able to do that. And I mean, I, but to be honest, right, that was a really big appeal for Scott and I wanting to connect with the things that you guys are doing, right? Because we pride ourselves on being kind of supporters in regards to women right. entrepreneurs. I never realized until I started looking at stats, you know, even with my own industry, less than 2% of uh, the Asian community is in the insurance world. And most of them are kind of in that financial sector piece, right? Kind of that stereotype. And so that means how many agency owners are there that are Asian? Very little, right? right? And then the average, I think it was like 75% of the insurance industry is 59 and a half male Caucasians. So that opened up my eyes to realize that even females are limited in there. And then uh, you start going into minorities, right? And all those different things. So like for me, having to realize that, you know, being in a military town, I didn't realize that how many military spouses are working basically for either low pay or no pay just to keep that gap history so that way they can go to the next station and work, right? right? Or they have to work these crappy hours and still be mom and sometimes playing the role of dad when they're deployed, right? And they have to be the bad the bad guy for the parents, all of those different things. And then they still try to do all these things so that way they have something, you know, when they go to the next duty station because they may not be able to get anything, you know? And so I didn't right. realize like how bad it really was. 
you know, so being able to go to TEDx last year really showed me a lot of that stuff, being able to connect with uh, other entrepreneurs and military spouses, uh, having Scott, you know, along for the ride and all that stuff. So I love what you guys are doing. I love to see the growth, right? Um, Following Ryan's Instagram stuff and like just, it's awesome, right? Following you guys on TikTok. And so we're super excited to just know that like, that's what you guys are doing, right? And for us to be and kind of lead that path to say, you know what, to be an unlikely ally as a male, right? Male entrepreneurs, we need to support this. And hopefully that leads other people and other male entrepreneurs to be like, no, that's awesome. I also want to join that, right? So when you look back, kind of like some of those things that you've talked about and getting to this point, parenthood is always kind of a weird learning curve, right? <laughs> this huge <Yes>. roller coaster <laughs> going up and down. So do you ever feel like that maybe you're setting the bar too high sometimes for your kids? Or do you ever feel like that? I hope that my kids can just understand a small piece of it. Cause obviously we know as parents, the more that really they're their own persons that we can't really make those decisions for them as much as we want to, you know? So how do you, how does that play into maybe some of the things that you've already done versus maybe like your ideal ideology for parenting? So don't, don't misconstrue. So I'm not expecting my son to go into the military. However, because I'm, I am saving money for him to go to college. Like he has a college account and all of that. Like that is an option for him. If he just wants to go to college, his father is ex air force. I'm ex army. We have a, we don't advertise it all over the house, you know? So there's not, it's not like my son walks into a room and says, oh my gosh, like there's all my mom's army stuff. You know, I've got this big thing right here and I've got this and he doesn't see all that. The idea of my stories and what I hope that he takes away is to never give up and never not believe in yourself. And as long as he follows those two things, there is nothing that my son can't do. He's a very smart kid. You know, I mean, every parent says that about their, about their kids. Like we're all biased, but he is, he's started, this kid is negotiating with me. And now I am a negotiator and I'm a contract fan. This kid is legit having negotiations with me about how many, you know, when he can eat his pop tarts and we go through counter offers. Like this kid is smart. So as long as he is not giving up and if he's not selling himself short and making sure that he expands that comfort zone, that comfort bubble I was talking about, there's nothing that I wouldn't be proud of my son to do where I get, and I'm going to always lift my son. I'm a mom. He's got me wrapped around his finger, but where I just want to make sure where the message is very clear with him is that he just never stops and gives up. And even now when he's playing a toy, and he gets frustrated and he throws it down. Cool. Take a break. Try again. You know? uh, I love that. So, so you're telling me you've got that Linda, Linda, Linda kid, right? The one that's like going to be, that everyone predicts is going to be a lawyer. Cause he's like, hold on, mom, Linda, Linda. You remember that hey, video? This kid, man, <laughs> I, it, it definitely caught me off guard. So he said, I want a pop tart. Right. And I said, no, we got to, you got first fish sticks, then pop tart. <laughs> Right. And he said, no. And he puts his fingers up in an X. He goes, I don't like that deal. And I just was very surprised and like <laughs> in the kitchen. I turned around. I was like, what? And he goes, I don't like that deal. How about pop tart, then fish sticks? <laughs> and I said, Here's, I said, no, no deal. Here's my counter offer. And it literally went like that for like five minutes. Like, and he was, he was realistically trying to negotiate with me. 
And now when I tell him no on something, he was like, well, hang on, counter offer. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I, I know it's something that's going to bite me in the tissue later. I know it will, no doubt. <laughs> but I'm also a firm believer that if you have a, a logical sounding reason for me to change my mind and it makes sense and you've put effort into it, I will work with you. 100%. I will work with you. I'll never tell you no and discredit you and like say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I actually had a friend tell me, I think I was on a TikTok live who said, um, we were dual live and he said my, and I was sharing the story and he goes, my kid was six and made a PowerPoint presentation to stay up one hour earlier or later for bed. Wow. And I only gave it to her for the day. I was like, I would have given it for the rest of her life. The fact that she whooped out PowerPoint done. I would have been done. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Well, I know, I know Scott had, how old was the kid that used to do the presentation for the world ventures? Uh, That kid was 15. Yeah, he was signed on basically as his own business owner. His parents basically signed off for it, provided the initial funding, but he's 15 years old doing presentations to awesome. adults, signing people on. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times we discredit kids as parents just almost because it's like this do as I say, not as I do type mentality, right? right? But what I'm hearing already is that your son sells off of options, not off of price. Right. Right. And that's something I talk about to my team all the time. I'm like, Hey, you guys can't be selling off of price because if you're selling off of price, you already lost, right? Right. You got to sell yourself. You got to sell your options. It sounds like that your son already knows how to do that. So uh, we're going to have to talk offline because I need to have your kid come and teach my team how to sell. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He's not even four. That would be a very epic training experience. He's in there. Oh, wait. Stay here. I have to go potty. No, that's awesome, though. I love to hear stories like that. I love to hear the parenting techniques because, you know, growing up for me, it was, hey, if you didn't listen, I've got a stick with your name on it, right? You can't do that nowadays. People look at you and they're like, I'm calling the cops, right? (laughs) Like on Home Alone. So it's to see the evolution, to see how people are doing different things, especially in this world where I feel like that it's a fence, right? You never know who you're going to offend nowadays. And it's kind of a weird place to be in as a business owner. I am sure from a women's perspective, it's even harder because I mean, growing up, it was like you had to tiptoe and then now there's like empowerment, but also now there's like a whole different side of offense and stuff like that. So I can't imagine that balance pieces and things like that, but yeah. I bet. I bet. And especially, you know, raising a son and things like that to be respectful and all that stuff. So let's kind of transition real quick and just kind of talk about some of this stuff. And Scott, feel free to chime in if you have additional questions as well. But Christina, like where you're coming from to where you're at now, do you feel like with the things that you're doing, and again, we talked about the busyness piece, but aside from that, how does that fulfillment piece that you're doing now versus kind of the mountain that you had to climb to get here, how has that really impacted you? And, and where do you foresee this leading into? And then what has like been some of the, the emotional or the physical changes that you've noticed within yourself because of all this? Fantastic question. I've mentioned this before on a podcast with the convos with the collectives, but I, I want to reiterate this because I think this absolutely positively applies for those who haven't heard that episode. 
when I was entered, when I got into the military and I was stationed in Korea, a gentleman, a soldier, as soon as I met him, I went to go meet the team and I walk in and the soldier says, which one are you? Are you a lesbian or are you a slut? And I said, whoa, hold on. That is a hundred percent inappropriate. What the, I'm a soldier. So we were cussing. So I'm going to be nice on that part. Um, and he said, well, there, if you're in the military and you're a female, you only have, those are the only two types of females in the military. And I said, well, I'm a B-I-T-C-H. And if you keep pushing it, I'm going to keep being more. Now, the guy apologized later on. He became one of my close friends in Korea, closest friends in Korea. Great guy. Love him to death. And that showed me that there is a perception of you as a female before you walk in the door. It doesn't matter. As soon as they hear or they know that you're a female, you are already fighting an upward battle, uh, uphill battle. Because now, you, especially in the military, because you have to prove to them that you are fully capable of being as smart as them and analyzing data. Because again, this was military intelligence in this duty station. It's not like we were carrying 80 pound ruck mat, ruck uh, sacks up a hill every single day. It wasn't a deployment, but that's what you, you fought with. And as I went up in rank and become a, it became a non-commissioned officer, it became very challenging because then I had male soldiers underneath me who had no respect for me because I was a female. So I had to shift my train of thought, but also the way that I led them. And I say led because there's a difference between a leader and a manager. A manager tells you what to do and watches you do it. Whereas a leader will tell you what to do, but then get your hands dirty with you. Right. And so I became more of a leader. So instead of barking orders at these gentlemen that I are these soldiers, male soldiers that already knew didn't like me because I was a female and didn't think I was as good as them. I started getting in the mud with them. I started doing more PT with them at their level. And in, I was super fit at that time. I'm not now I'm broken, obviously 80% disabled, but at that moment I was able to keep up with them and that earned a lot of respect. So now going into an, from one male industry to another male industry, the sports industry, which is a very male dominated industry. I am not necessarily having to do exactly the same thing, but what I have to do is I now have to stand my ground and say, I know what I'm doing. I've got the years experience. I've got 10 years of event experience. I, I can, I've meant, I've said this a couple of times before, but like I've, I can run circles around a lot of people when it comes to events. I can hold my own if you if you will just take a moment and listen to me. And so it's more of asserting yourself and but without coming off as being a BITCH, without coming off as being bossy. It's a it's a hard line, but at the same time you can you can finagle it. And so some of the things that I've learned about myself is the ability to be adaptable in the environment that you're in to fit the scenario. There are some gentlemen that I work with currently that are great with women. And I can be very straightforward and say, this is what I need. I don't need to fluff it. I don't need to sugarcoat it. Can you get me this by this date, by this time? Sure. Not a problem. Too easy. And we work together as a team. Then I have some gentlemen that are like that, where they say, oh, well, you're a female in the sports industry. You don't know anything, right? 
now I have to kind of manipulate my responses and I have to manipulate my questions so that it comes off not as weak, but more as, hey, let's work together for this because this is the best interest of the company. And the more that we bash heads, it's going to hurt the company. So there's, I've learned how to use those different types of tactics throughout my years. And a lot of it comes from that military background. And now I can apply it to the civilian world and what I'm doing now. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that it's really, like I said, for somebody like myself, right, who I'm navigating through that in the entrepreneurial world, right, Um, taking on employees for the first time, you know, uh, trying to understand, right? And it's not just men and women, it's personalities, right? It's emotions and understanding, you know, different backgrounds, right? And so our agency is definitely one of the most diverse. I mean, we've got a military spouse, we've got Scott, who's a veteran, I've got an older adult, I've got uh, the LGBT, we've got Hispanic, we've got Asian. So we cross off so many lists, right? And everybody comes from different backgrounds. It's kind of like sharing in the same dreams, and the same goals, understanding that personalities may clash. And so, you know, all of those different things. So I love to hear that you're been able to kind of one be this centripetal portion of this male dominated industry as a female, but also understand your worth and not be able to have to kind of maybe back down or feel like that you're inferior to somebody else, but being able to turn around and say, you know what, this is how we can overcome some of that stuff. And so I hope, and I foresee it in the future of you kind of maybe teaching these courses, you know, to other entrepreneurs and things like that. Um, I know that's something that Scott and I have been doing a lot on the coaching side. So, you know, again, if we can be a resource to help with some of that, but I totally can see you in that role as well. um, (laughs) I think that'd be really cool. And so for people who are uh, maybe listening here and, and things like that. Of course, like I said, as we talked about earlier, we'll make sure we get Christina's credentials in here. But, you know, traversing through some of those things, like when you have that or when you feel like that, you've kind of maybe earned that respect from somebody who kind of came through or maybe didn't necessarily give that to you at first because of, you know, the difference of, you know, being maybe a, a woman in a man's world, so to speak, or whatever. When you overcome that, and, and like you talked about, you know, the first guy who said, are you a lesbian or... Um, uh, it's such an awkward word. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, people don't normally like to say that. And if you need to cut it out, I totally understand or beep it out. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, part, of the, part of the conversation. <laughs> uh, I think what... With what Patrick's putting up here, too, and he's bringing it to the forefront, one of the things that, Christina, you had shared was that adaptability piece. I think that is a huge key that for listeners that are listening to that is something to write down and really chew on and really take stock in regards to them as an individual to see what their flexibility looks like. Especially in the society that we're in uh, with the year that we had last year. That adaptability is huge to keep moving forward and getting to that next level, getting to where you want to go. And I think based on what Patrick's bringing up here and what you shared, that adaptability piece really is the hinging piece here that holds everything together. 
Right. Well, and I would also say to kind of add on to that is that adaptability is only going to work if you have self-awareness. And the reason why I say self-awareness and just awareness, like situational awareness in general, if you are driving down a highway and you get stuck in traffic and you are so mad and you're screaming and you're, I'm going to be late and this is so miserable. If you're not passing the person who is in an accident and saying that person is having a much worse day than me and don't respect that and let it go and go on, you do not have situation awareness because in when, as soon as you get into it, like every time that I get into, it's a lot here in Denver, we have a lot of traffic. And yeah, I might be annoyed. I might be running late, but I know that whoever is causing this is having a much worse day than me. And so once you have that awareness, you can build on that adaptability. And that's the same thing with individuals. If I understand that somebody is having a bad day or they've got a bad attitude, there's something else going on in their life that is affecting them that probably has nothing to do with me. If it's a guy who doesn't like a woman in a male industry, they were probably raised to believe that. And knowing, having that awareness and being able to acknowledge it within yourself and then adjust yourself to fit, which is the piece of the adaptability, it's crucial. You can adapt, you can, as we say in the military, adjust fire and keep going, but to adapt, you were needing to really get into the situation and the best way for you to re to adapt to get back into the situation in new form is to have that awareness of what's going on in your environment now those are really great things to to highlight because we talk about a growth mindset right but the awareness mindset the the spiritual mindset, right? To be able to understand and be able to walk in and analyze a room and analyze kind of the feelings and things like that. I mean, all of those things are really helpful to help you adjust, right? And then allows you to really, like you said, kind of shift full perspective because so many of us only look at perspective from our lens, right? Right. And it is a special skill set to learn to be able to pull yourself out to look at everything from both sides of the spectrum. So I appreciate you bringing that in, Scott. That was an excellent analysis because it was kind of stuck on the tip of my tongue there. (laughs) But let's transition to kind of this next portion. And I love this portion because so many people almost kind of have like this realization about themselves that maybe they haven't really expressed before. I know um, when we went through this exercise, it was like, oh, I never really talked about that before, but it is true in how I feel about it. The best way to describe this kind of theory crafting, but really it's a lot of things that you say, a lot that you do already, that's part of kind of your makeup, right? So it's part of who you are as a person. And so that's still part of your legacy. And so what are some of those things that as you think about uh, maybe that you haven't shared with people, whether they're it's thoughts, it's processes, maybe theories, maybe some of the things of maybe some of the quirks that you do that maybe you haven't shared or you thought about that kind of make up who you are. And to give you an example, like for me, anytime that there's a huge rainstorm Mm -hmm. uh, and thunderstorm, I'll run by the window and I'll just sit there and I'll watch it. And my wife is like, you're interrupting the movie, whatever it is. And I'm like, I just love listening to the rain hit the ground. It's good inspiration for me for writing. I've Mm -hmm. always felt like that I could talk to God through thunder, you know? And so for me, it was, that was kind of that type of thing. So, you know, is there anything as you're kind of maybe 
listening to that as I'm talking about it, that, you know, maybe it's something that you think, hey, you know what, this makes me crazy, or this makes me who I am, or I've shared this, oh, or this that we have for the family. And that's really kind of uh, the concept is that like, you know, yeah. these are pieces that maybe people don't realize or that you've never shared with somebody else. But these are yeah. those things that make you who you are. Right. Well, I'm a huge fan of RuPaul Drag Race. Just kidding. <laughs> so I've, I've shared this with a very small select people because I do feel like it, it does make me sound insane. But let me let me kind of start it with this. My mom passed away in 2019 from a brain tumor. And I after she passed away, I have felt her guiding me more strongly than I have before. But we all have spiritual guides that are giving us direction and are telling us what to do. If you have a thought pop into your head, it's a guide giving you that thought. And something about me is that I am a, I'm an empath, but one of the things that I really don't talk about is when I am having a conversation with somebody about logistics for an event or about leadership, I black out. And the reason why I, I, it's not like a full blackout, I zone out. And so I'm saying all this stuff to you, but it's almost like somebody's like saying it through me. And so I've come to terms with the idea that it's my guide helping me and guiding me to provide people with the best information. And I love that. And it's amazing. And it keeps me going. I think it gives me strength. It makes me sound a lot smarter than I think I really am sometimes, <laughs> but there is a, there is a little piece that would like to venture a little bit more into that area and that concept. And I have a few very select friends that are trying to push me into it and I am terrified of doing it. So that is a little thing that not a lot of people know about me that I'm, I'm so legit. I have this crystal sitting in my lap right here. It's a mm -hmm. long white crystal sitting in my lap and it's supposed to help for clarity and guidance. And it, I have it here talking to you. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting is because it almost feels like you're stepping outside of yourself, yeah. right? When that happens. And it's almost kind of like, some people would say it's the law of vibration. Some people would say it's, you know, your inner self or, you know, Absolutely. that, like, you know, all those different things. Um, and again, you know, I know people who have been on opposite sides of religion who've experienced miracles, right? right? So who are people to judge, you know? So, you know, I don't think it sounds crazy. I think that it's something to maybe explore. And again, you know, maybe years from now, maybe your son goes through and he's listening to this podcast and he was like, you know what? my mom is talking to me and, and I just, that's something I need to tap into, right? Again, this is part of our daily makeup. So first of all, thank you for sharing that here. Cause right. I mean, Scott and I definitely feel privy to be in on the, on the, uh, the short list uh, to be able to hear that now. Well, now all of your listeners are on their <laughs> <laughs> yes. like She was really good until she started. I think that, so with that feeling that you have, um, have you ever looked or considered potentially going down and doing ayahuasca and going down that path? 
No, I haven't. Um, the closest thing that I've really, the furthest I've ventured on this path was I had a girlfriend over. She does tarot card readers um, reading. She's very, very sensitive. She's phenomenal. She's one of my best friends. She actually owns an event company. That's how I met her. And beautiful person, beautiful human. And we were do, about to do a tarot card reading. And I've always felt like there was this negativity in my son's room and he didn't like to sleep in his room. He never liked to sleep in it. I've saged my house. I've done all of that stuff and I have crystals. I have all that. And every time I would pass this room, I would feel this like super negative energy. Like I just disdain you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she started to feel it the night that she was over and I started to feel it and it got to the point where it was starting, the energy was very, very intense that I didn't even want to touch the tarot card, tarot cards. Cause I was like, no, this is not going to end well. And, um, she said, well, do me a favor. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I need you to just focus on something in the room. And I need you to just answer off the top of your head, everything, every word that comes out. I just need you to spit it out. No thinking. And so I did. And so what we kind of found out is that there is, so the, one of the previous owners passed away right before we bought the house, a gentleman, he passed away and he's hanging out. He wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to be like a guardian angel to my son and I, he just wants to be left alone. He just wants us not to talk crap about him. He just doesn't want us to acknowledge him. He just wants to do his thing and he's fine. And ever since we did that, the energy stopped. My son is sleeping in his room. And so he's, he's excited. He's happy. But there was a point where he would walk into his room and he would say, hello, is anybody here? So we knew something was going on. Wow. But the experience that I had getting these words and getting these thoughts, because I, I ended up, like you said, it was an outer body experience that I didn't feel like I was answering for, I, I wasn't answering as me. And that scared me. And so I am still recovering from that because it was not that long ago. And I'm not sure if I'm willing to, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go further down a path until I feel like I have all of my ducks in a row with me before I start letting that stuff in. Because I watch paranormal shows. I listen to paranormal podcasts. I'm a huge fan of all of that. Mm -hmm. I know all the terms. I know all of it. And there's some bad stuff that can come in if you're not careful. And if you have anything out of whack, it can really mess you up and I'm just not there yet. Yeah, I was just going to say um listening to this portion and kind of pairing up with the beginning of you, you know, loving puzzles and figuring all this stuff out, I'm like this is like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this TV show or this movie multiple times, right? <laughs> uh, I'm like, you know what I mean? So I, mean, uh, I don't Are think you've ever seen The Beautiful Mind. Well, I mean, no, not necessarily that, but I mean, oh. like, you think, of like, think of like all the all the profilers who are, you know, talking yeah. through, you know, whatever it is, right? The paranormal stuff yeah. or whatever, you know? So I'm like, maybe, maybe there is a tie in, who knows, right? Because yeah. of, I mean, all the stuff that you've gone through. Maybe it is truly a, a paranormal gift, right? And we don't right. know, you know, at least at this point, maybe you don't know, but, you know, it is something to consider. And again, so maybe it's not as I have crazy. A lot of, I have a lot of my plate as it is. We don't need, <laughs> we're not right. ready to go down that Right, right. 
but I'm just saying it's not as crazy as it seems because I mean there are TV shows of right these para, uh, paranormal profilers and and, yeah. and investigators and you know all those things. So again, maybe that's destination. Just... Destination Fear is by far the best. Yeah. I'm sorry, I you know I used to be a huge fan of Ghost Adventures and it just turned weird. Now I'm like a huge fan of Destination Fear. I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen it it's myself good. personally. So, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that because uh, again. The goal for this platform really is to not only understand where you've been, where you're going, where you're headed, but also what else can people explore? What are the thought provoking things that you've done that maybe also can help somebody else? Maybe that's uh, the rock or the uh, the block for them, you know, to be able to move next level. So the last... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just to really, just so everybody kind of understands why I tie that into what you're saying is that when you hear those voices where you get those thoughts, don't ignore them. Mm. And it can happen at any point in your, in a moment of weakness or a moment of stress or, you know, a moment at work, as soon as you get those thoughts and those, those ideas in your head and they're not yours, they definitely come from someone else um, or an outside source, follow them because it's your, it's people who are guiding you from the other side. And so I, that's the biggest thing that I wanted people to take away from that is that there's, I think a lot of the things in my legacy is built upon me following the path that they have helped guide me down. I think the best example I could think of is that movie interstellar with Matthew McConaughey. I love that movie where it's basically him warning his daughter from the future. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's transition into the next uh, couple of uh, pieces here. So the next piece is really what we call the, th- the thankfulness, um, and this is just something that we do part of our coaching, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because we've had people break down. That's not the goal, but it does happen from time to time because you just never know what people are going through. You never know where they're at, and then also it allows people to really think back on you know maybe recent events or things that have happened so as you're thinking about kind of where you're at and it doesn't matter if it was a long time ago if it was recent just the ability to maybe publicly thank somebody that uh you know maybe has helped you get to this point or has helped shaping or molding you or recently you know uh, a lot of times thankfulness just like forgiveness is for us not for the other person but it also allows us two things one to go back and relive that memory. Um, so it stays fresh. It also allows us to have that appreciation for that, something that may have been lost, but then also too, for you, it's that ability to kind of maybe some of those things hold us back because we didn't get that opportunity, much like we didn't get a chance to apologize or whatever. So it's really a lot of relief that goes into it. So as you're thinking about that, is there anybody that you can think of off the top of your head that you would like to go ahead and thank, even if they may never hear this? Well, now, first and foremost, I'm your first female on here. So technically stereotype would state that I would be like super emotional saying this, but you've had nothing but guys so far on here and they have cried i'm assuming like you said this sometimes makes people cry so now i gotta go through this without crying <laughs> so you don't without any emotion. <laughs> so no um, it's just really cool to see that you know it impacts people differently yeah i i want to thank my mom absolutely she was one of the most pivotal She was one of the most pivotal people in my life that 
no matter what happened, she stuck by my side and she truly honestly believed in me. And she didn't, when she was pregnant with myself and my sister, she quit college. And so when I was pregnant with my son and I had contemplated not going to college, she was the first one to say, don't do that. You know, she said, I love you and I love your sister. I wouldn't change a thing, but I, I believe that you are stronger than me and can make it, which was crazy because a couple of years prior, I had an ex-fiance tell me he didn't want to have kids with me before I was going to go to college because he didn't think I could manage being pregnant and a baby and go to college. Oh, wow. Ha, 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 ha. Take that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Now he's jealous that I'm doing podcasts. I'm just saying in live streams, he's like, I'm so jealous. Anyway, so, you know, and she would tell me like, I will, I fully believe you can do it. So I want to thank her for being the strength that I also think is what keeps me going right now. Cause she's not here. And the days that I am feeling over overwhelmed or sad or depressed, I feel her here. And she's always been very connected to my sister and I. And so I can't thank her enough for doing that and for being that person. And I was listening, I was watching memoirs and there was a few moments where I had to jump off because it was very, it was a very deep talk topic about moms. And I was like, oh man, but she knew what to say, when to say it, how to say it for me to do anything. It could have been doing chores. It could have been doing my homework. It could have been getting over a boyfriend. She just knew. She just knew. And I truly think that she was empath as well. And that's where I get some of my stuff from. I want to thank my dad for being a rock um, to my sister and I the past few years with my mom passing away. Because my mom was a very dominant figure in our house. And he has really stepped up to the plate to, to fill that void. And he's done a fantastic job. Took some adjusting but he's get he's gotten to a point where now it's becoming like very easy for him. And I want to thank my sister because um, we didn't always have a very strong relationship when we were growing up because we were siblings and we had six years apart and it was just very rough between us growing up. But over the last few years of being here back in Colorado, I can't express how much I love seeing her. And how much I love being in her presence because she reminds me of mom. So it, I'm not crying. I'm not crying, but uh, it does, it, it, they mean a lot to me. They mean the world. My family means everything to me. Shout out to the family unit right there. Yes. Yeah, they're legit. Yeah. They probably won't listen to this podcast. I'm not going to lie because my dad is technically challenged. My sister is super, super busy in her job, <laughs> but <laughs> just evidence. I did shout him out. Yes. Well, now you firsthand understand no that power of that thankfulness though, right? I mean, it's, it's really crazy when we sit there and we think about it, all the things that maybe we've been harboring from any emotion. Right. One of the things that I've always kind of told Scott is that in order for us to experience any sort of balance we have to allow ourselves to experience all of those emotions as human beings so thank you so much for going through that with us honestly to hear your story no to do tears. it without tears no tears just um, saying <laughs> almost <laughs> but uh you know just 
to hear the ascension, right? And again, every single ascending story has its ups and downs and its challenges. And to hear you overcome those things has really been a big treat for Scott and I. Obviously, we've known a little bit, but to hear all of it directly from you, you know, it's an, it's incredible. And so it gives us that much more buy-in to you as a person, to your journey. And so, again, if we can be a resource anywhere, certainly don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, I know that we're making some connections, but we're not done. You know, this is just the beginning. You know, uh, the last piece that we always like to go through is something called pod decks. Shout out to Travis Brown for creating this. And this is also kind of like, I don't know, for me, I I love this part because we never know what we're going to get from these pod decks. And a lot of these questions are kind of like, would you rather or so it kind of gives us like on the fly a chance to kind of learn more about each other, maybe I mean, this kind of makes or breaks the entire episode, oh, no. right? Because oh. then they're like, "Oh, well, it was all good until I heard her talk about that." No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just. Your listeners just... did not start tuning out when I started talking about <laughs> people. Y'all are great. <laughs> and so, whenever you're ready, Scott, I know you got them uh, on hand. So, yeah, I had to pull out the physical decks because. On the cell phone, I don't know what's going to happen while on Zoom. So we had to go physical decks here. So it's actually what the heck is the the cards here. So I've got three from the same deck. First one is what is the scariest sound you could hear in the middle of the night? Okay. And we're going to, we'll start with you, Christine, and we'll just go clockwise to kind of uh, go in order here. (laughs) So there's a lot of different directions that I can go with this, especially... (laughs) you know, being a single mom. Um, but I gotta say, I've heard voices. Like I was just joking about that, but I've actually physically heard voices coming from downstairs and I jump out and it scares me. It does scare me, but that that's kind of the playful side. But the scariest thing that I could ever hear at night would probably be the high pitched scream of my son. Mm. Yep, that'll do it. Yeah. So my wife is a... Uh scary movie connoisseur right (laughs) like she loves to watch them but she scares and freaks herself out so she was like hey come with me come watch me shower right um and so i mess with her all the time like the wrong person right like you know like the crack of the door when it's open like i'll like stare at her and just put my eye there and just stupid stuff all the time so i get smacked all the time the other day um we went to go see a play from one of her clients at a high school for little pet shops of horror oh yeah and so my son really loved it but every once in a while we'll just be sitting in the car and I just yell, feed me. And my wife gets so freaked out, right? And she just like punches me in the arm or whatever. So for her, like really anything freaks her out. But I think for me, it's like I'll be laying there. And then I'll just hear like my son just like talking, you know, like whispering, yeah. you know, and I'll look over. I'm like, who are you talking to? And he's like, two seconds yeah. later, he goes back to like sleeping. And I'm like, yeah, right. And then and then like, I'm like laying there and I just hear talking. I'm like, who are you talking to? Right. And so. Uh, I remember growing up, like, I was told I was always, like, sleep talking, but to experience somebody else doing it, and they're, like, right next to you, so you think they're talking to you, and it's, like, full volume, but then he goes back to sleeping, and then you're, like, 
who the hell are you talking to? This is really freaking me out. So for me, that's the scariest noise for me. I used to sleepwalk, so I'm waiting for my son to start doing that. But he'll like come into my room sometimes in the middle of the night because he can't sleep and he just stands there. Like mommy <laughs> oh, God, sense, right? No. Mommy sense, we immediately wake up because something's disturbing the force. Yeah. And so like we immediately wake up and I look over and he's standing there staring at me. And I'm just like, oh. what? Don't kill me. Do not murder me. <laughs> There was a TikTok video of like a kid, like it was a dad was fixing a sink and the child was holding a screwdriver and flipped it over and like, oh no, dad, that's what I envision my son sometimes when he comes into my room, like, don't shake me. Oh yeah. Though there was a meme I saw where this girl was sitting on the edge of the bed wearing her Elsa hair yeah. and, it, and it said, I woke up almost kicking Chucky off the, off of the edge of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to find it and send don't it to do. you. Don't do. There's some things you don't do to a parent. <laughs> what about you, Scott? Uh, so for me, I'm a heavy sleeper. And uh, once I'm out, I'm out. So the bad thing is I had a deployment to Iraq and it was our first day there. Got hit by mortars. Everything was going off. People were knocking on the door. We had phones in our room too for quicker communication. They're like, we tried calling you. And they're like, where were you? I was like, what were you talking about? I was dead asleep. So for me, I'm dead asleep. So there isn't really a scary sound that would do anything for me sleeping. Oh my God, you slept through mortars? Yay! That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Crazy. Noted. <laughs> You're not That's waking up, is, uh, <laughs> What slogan or jingle got stuck in your head forever? Well, now if, if, you, if I think about it, it's going to be stuck in there forever moving forward. I don't know if I like this one. Oh man, I have too many, unfortunately. This I got to think about that one. What is it, slogan or? or slogan or jingle. Slogan or jingle? So I have a song that's like stuck in my head, but it's 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 a song. So if you guys heard the Crazy Frog song, where he's yeah. like, like the video, he's like driving in his car, like or a motorcycle or whatever. My yeah, it's like the, the Beverly Hills cop no. song. Yeah, yeah, dun 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 dun. Yep. So that song has been stuck in my head because my kid's been watching it nonstop. So, but like now it's funny because I'll sing it and he'll, he'll, he'll do the frog part. Like, I'll be like, dun, 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 or like whatever. And he'll like do like the frog part and it's hilarious. No, I can't do, he was trying to do a mission impossible move because he was a ninja. Like I brought him some samurai swords and like some ninja gear. So he's running around the house, like fighting dragons and like all this ninja stuff. Right. Cause we've been watching Ninjago and I tried to do a mission impossible move with him and I could not for the life of me, figure out the Mission Impossible theme song because the crazy frog was in my head. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't with this. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm two years removed from the uh, crazy frog piece. It was the crazy frog song. It was the gummy bear song, right? Oh, he's uh, jamming, right now my son's jamming out to what does a fox say? Oh yeah, yeah. That's the, that one. I don't mind as much until yeah. he starts getting into the crazy sounds. Um, oh, he—that's his favorite. Like, <laughs> no, like, I'll sing the regular portion of it, yeah. and he'll be in the back, like ba 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 ba. Yeah. So for me, I don't know why it's the old McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it, right? 
And like every once in a while, I just like start tapping it and I start singing it and I like start tapping on my wife's head and my, sh- and my son's shoulders, you know, and just like, and they're like, stop, stop. Why? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, statistically and scientifically, it's proven that if you don't hear the end of a song, it gets stuck in your head. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's why like the lamb chop song sucks. That's yeah. why, <laughs> um, what uh the it's a small world song sucks the disney one right because you you don't remember all of the words you just remember just certain pieces of it right that's why the uh the let it go from frozen song sucks because i only remember the let it go part all of it so i hate disney i don't really hate disney but i do i hate that the songs get stuck in my head for such a long period of time i've never even seen frozen but the song right and when that song plays, it that portion gets stuck in my head. And so the whole time, everybody's saying, let it go, let it go. But like, that's <laughs> the only part that they know. So it's stuck in everybody's head. You're welcome now. <laughs> hey, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Let it go. Let it go, bud. Let it go. <laughs> Send some animosity there, right? <laughs> I, almost, I almost, there was, that was fighting words for a second when you said, oh, I don't like Disney because I sit there and be like, hold up. I have kids. I have MCU to love Disney. Is on Disney. I know. So I know. I'm not a huge MCU fan. This is why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what about you? So we already know what it is. It's uh, one of the catchphrases that we have, and everybody likes to laugh at me when I have it. We were like, "Where are we going?" And so it's "Let's go." The two simplest words that you can put together to move forward. And so I'll, I'll say that and then it just gets stuck in people's heads and they're like, where are we going? I'm like, wherever you want to go, you got to make that decision though. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody always gives them crap about it everywhere we go. And they're like, what's wrong with your pinky? Cause he's always doing it like this. Oh, that's good now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not looking like a dinosaur anymore. So <laughs> then the last one we have is, uh, do you have a signature move? Or quirk that people notice or comment on. Uh, don't, don't you dare say the white man overbite. <laughs> I don't know. A move or a quirk that I do. Golly gee. Um, give me a second to think about that. Give me a second to think about that. That's a good one. I actually really honestly don't know. I mean, but well, and I'm sure it's changed, but we've been in the pandemic and so I haven't been around people. So I don't, I don't know what it is now, but I don't know what it would have been before. I don't know. That's a good one. Well played, sir. I already hate this question, Scott. (laughs) 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 Because when I, I used to wear a hat all the time, right. And when I was uh, in the fighting game community scene, my signature was I would always pull up my hat and I would always pull my hair back, right? And it was kind of like a nervous tick, so to speak. The other thing too, yeah, I'm putting all my secrets out there, is that when I learned to whistle, my mouth, it actually comes out the side of my mouth when I whistle. So my wife always makes fun of me because I look like freaking Popeye trying to whistle instead <laughs> of like the traditional with like, you know, with like the, it comes out and it's a little thing over here on the side so that is fantastic sorry no it's horrible it's the worst so i don't whistle in public or for people i just tell people i don't whistle (laughs) oh man oh that is hilarious all right scott your turn mine i either people are like why are you always smiling or why are you why are you super loud 
So it's those two things really that are noticed. And I'm like, that's just me. Probably makes you smile, makes you feel better about yourself. So (laughs) smiles are contagious. I mean, even on my bad days, if I'm walking around people, um, I'll wear a smile on my face. I had, I did do, I did a video because I, and I wasn't, I'm not new anymore to KSE, um, to Kroenke and to Ball Arena, but I've, we shut down a few weeks after I started. So I think I have collectively like maybe like a month actually physically in the building. And so we've done, we of course have done all the teams meetings and zoom and all of those kind of things. And one of the, one of the requests that one of the departments requested of me or asked me was to do a video to, or to answer questions to get to know me. I said, not a problem, but just so you know, answering in an email is not my style. I'm going to do a full video and it's going to be like 100% corny YouTube vlog. It's going to be awful because that's just me. And so I, I, they sent me some custom videos and one of the people that was on there, cause I had, I was doing parking lot events. And so I have had experience. I have been on site, but I haven't been inside the building. And um, one of the questions was, every time I see her, she's always smiling. And I literally responded with, that's because I have a job. You know, I just, I didn't know like what to say. It was like, I was unemployed before you all hired me. Now I still have a job. You guys haven't fired me yet because of the pandemic. So I'm just happy, (laughs) like happy. Love it. Yeah, no, I I think um, smiling is one of those things where you can't, but help see it. You know what I mean? And I appreciate smile so much more because there was a point in time when I thought people were too happy, right? In my depressed state. And I didn't want to see it. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to last, you know, just this horrible, horrible person. So when I see people who are happy and smiling and they have good attitudes on them, like, man, just keep putting out those vibes. I love it. So. Absolutely. There is nothing wrong with it. I always say fake it until you make it. And normally like when you're doing, especially when it comes to smiling and good moods, if you fake it, it actually becomes real. So if you're in a bad mood and you walk in and you're just trying to reset yourself and you just like put yourself in the mindset that I'm just going to pretend to be happy at some point, you're actually going to be happy because your body just triggers itself. So fake it until you make it. Uh Oh, trigger warning incoming Scott on that phrase. Well, just go check out a couple of posts, Facebook, Instagram, some of that I shared. It's one of those things that if you really think about it, if, if you're not in a comfortable situation, that's very contagious and people can sense that energy. So it is one of those things that I talked about. It was actually a post that we put on Instagram for Two Native Sons, the page, um, if you check that out. So it's one of those things that there's times that I'll start looking and start seeing things and hearing things. And I'm like, oh, man, we got we got justice. But to each of their own. So I'm not going to go and try to run people over, but I'll speak my my mind and uh, give my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm sure there's been some TikToks in regards to that as well. So we'll, we'll try to link that and find it as well. Also, but, <laughs> there's, but, a, uh, there's pretty much a TikTok for everything. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. So yeah, under, um, underwater basket weaving. That's one that I'm now going to have to look up because you always hear about that underwater basket weaving. Now I'm going to have to look up on TikTok if there's a video about that. That, that actually sounds kind of cool, to be honest. This have you ever like, heard that, have you ha- heard that for yourself? Yeah. I, I, I heard. I have. What, what am I saying? I heard. I have. So but now I definitely want to go look up uh, some videos.
this has been awesome. Like I know that we've had uh, some some conversations here and there, but to be able to really spend this time with you has been a great pleasure. So thank you so much for your time. Obviously, we'll make sure that we get your links posted up in here, so we get the podcast, we'll get uh, your TikTok, uh, Instagram, all that stuff, so people can reach out to you directly. If you could leave basically just a message for somebody that's maybe listening either as part of your story something you talked about or just kind of some advice do you have anything that uh, maybe a something that you'd like to leave for somebody before i do that i do also on tiktok if you're on tiktok and if you find me the peacock mama i do coffee with christina in the morning uh quite a few days of the week and i do talk about stuff like this i talk about the military i talk about adventures or whatnot so if this episode resonated with you i welcome you to join me for coffee with christina it's always a good time people that are in the chats are phenomenal great mods The biggest thing that I want to leave with people is going to be the comfort bubble idea, you know, get out, you know, every small step that you make is a new limit to your comfort bubble. And it's more of what you are capable of doing. And so if you can take your experiences and look at them and say, oh, I've reached my limit. That's as high as I can possibly go try to push yourself or take one more step because you're going to be very surprised of how far you can actually go. And you're just not letting yourself go that far. Love it. Scott, for our uh, legacy ninjas here, do you have any other closing thoughts? (laughs) Nah, just excited really to be able to showcase and have people come on here, give a perspective. We've talked about it. Ultimately, We want, as guides, we want to find other guys that can come on, share their tools, their tips, and provide somebody a map and a pencil, and then the heroes that are listening can go and traverse that journey, whatever it is for them, and get to that place of thriving, and then turn around and become their own guide that they can go and help other heroes out along their journey because ultimately it's who can we impact how can we help them out and how can we help them turn around and go impact the lives of others right absolutely so if you guys have enjoyed this uh please make sure that you're sharing and liking on behalf of scott brandt i am patrick murakami and this has been another episode of legacy digging with two native sons and again big special thank you to christina mooney aka the peacock mama And uh, guys, thank you so much uh, for your continued support. We appreciate it. Catch you on the next one.